Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. Bross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is rewatching the film and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we're talking about the utterly poignant, beautiful coming of age story from 1998, Slums of Beverly Hills, which takes place in 76 mm, and Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills. Correct. Yes. Summer of 76. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about the first time that you experienced this movie. So I was um, a teenager. Uh, Neat. So because it, yeah, it was 98. It was 98. So I would have seen it in, I did not see it in the theater. I remember renting it back when you could, you know, rent movies from an actual store. Um, But I saw it pretty quickly after it came out. And I honestly, I don't remember even hearing about it. I don't know how I heard about it. I think I might have actually come across it on the shelves of a Hollywood video. Not Blockbuster because they're shit, but you know, the other one. Whoa, whoa. Hot take, hot take. I fucking hate them so much. I'm pretty sure they still think I owe them money, those little bastards. They're out of business. Yeah. Well, let me just say And I that will continue to hold a grudge forever. I didn't have access to Hollywood Video or Family Video oh, or all these other video stores. Hollywood I, was the best. We only had a Blockbuster in Hannibal, and in Palmyra we had, I want to say, Ice House Video? I don't know. It was okay. some, like, mom and pop video stores, very small. But anyway, you please continue. <laughs> so I was, just, I was not at, shit talk Blockbuster. I was at the movie library, the good one, not the Blockbuster. Or maybe you could go into the grocery store and rent. But anyway, keep going. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I found this movie and it looked interesting, and I took it home and I watched it, and I fucking loved it. Um, I was, let's see if it was ninety eight, so I was probably like sixteen, seventeen, and so I mean, I, I think the character is supposed to be like fourteen or fifteen. So, yeah, you know, she's we're gonna be a freshman in high school. Yeah, so we're close to the same age. Um, it's definitely a coming of age story about a young woman who she's dealing with a lot of different stuff that I didn't necessarily deal with. I didn't come from a broken home. You know, we never moved around. All Your of that dad kind wasn't of stuff. super old. My dad wasn't sixty five. He's a senior citizen. Um, so it was obvious, and of course it was the seventies. So it was very different from my life but a lot of the the things that she kind of is trying to navigate were those same things that I was trying to navigate at Big that tish. age too no so funny story right around puberty I actually prayed to God that I would not get boobs because I so desperately did not want to grow up were your prayers answered Leah <laughs> Leah what have I said to you time and time again about my boobs I don't know tell, tell me again that they are about 90 percent padded bra <laughs> I'm like rocking a nearly B. <laughs> Did you regret the prayers? Yeah. I mean, it took a while. So I went through phases. Like at first I was totally fine with it because I didn't want the boobs. Just like she struggles with in the movie too. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't, I, I think of course a big part of it is not wanting that kind of attention. Yeah. Um, but there's that kind of attention is adult attention. And I think there is an inherent struggle in that, that period of time where you are still kind of a child. And I love, I love Natasha Lyonne. I do. Mm, she's um, fabulous. And in this, I feel like you really do get the feel that there are certain times where she's just a kid. Mm-hmm. She is just a kid. She's just having fun and smiling and joking. And you can see that that child shining out of her. Um, it's tough, though, because I feel like she doesn't really get to be a kid in the situation that she's yeah, in she's with her home life and her family. certainly to be an adult in a lot of yeah. ways. And I think that's why the boobs is just another one of those things that's forcing her to grow up when maybe she's not ready or not willing. Um, or she's just, she's just not there yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a, definitely a period of time where I was not there yet. I wasn't ready. I didn't want the boobs. I didn't want the adult attention. And then, of course, you get to a certain age where it's like, why the fuck can't I have <laughs> the boobs? And now I'm to the point where... 
I still feel that way <laughs> oftentimes, but I will say they don't get in the way like I know they do with other women. I have no problem with my tits. Like, I don't feel like they get in the way. Well, I can strap them down with a sports bra, but they're not huge either. I feel like I have okay boobs. Yeah, I mean. Like, I could do with a boob job. Uh, no. What? No. I'm just saying. It's, well, I they guess maybe it's hard for me having such small ones <laughs> that I feel like everybody else's are sizable they've kept their shape I feel I you know I don't have like I haven't had a kid and I know like lots of women have their boobs like change when they after they have kids so I feel I'm I'm okay with that I yeah and I I also and I've said this for years too so I have um what some people have referred to as creepy child feet they're like a or size. the feet of a ballerina, as you or, mentioned the other day. I have an excellent toe point. I don't have the <laughs> rhythm or skill to go along with it, but my toe point is on. Like, it, yes, I have the feet of a ballerina because mm-hmm. they are they're tiny. They have great arches, excellent point, but they're small. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like a six, six and a half. Yeah, very small. So I've made that point before too that I. If I did have big tits, I, I might just fall over, especially since I have no ass either to balance it out. Like, if I got implants in one end, I'd have to get them in the other, too. <laughs> it's fair. It's true. And I feel like you, like, your wrists are very dainty. Like, I would refer to them as bird-boned. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember <laughs> when we, uh, we had a certain drill in Krav, and it was a choking drill, and I remember Stephanie went to choke me, and she stopped partway through the drill, and she just goes, my hands fit around your neck. <laughs> She's like, you're so tiny. You are. You're very tiny. I mean, that's, you know, you can't tell because of the layers of other stuff on top of it. No. But the bones, they are bird bones, I suppose. So anyway, tits. We're going to talk about tits a lot in this Yeah, I mean, they come up a lot. They're a theme, obviously. Um, but, but as far as the reason I love this movie and, and my first impression of it, um, a lot of it, of course, is that it resonated with me because I was of that age. Right. Um, and also, it's God, it's just so funny. Uh, there are just so many Some, great, great yes. moments in it. There are so many perfect lines, so many wonderful performances. Um, I, yeah, I just fucking love it. I love it so much. And honestly, I hadn't seen it in, ooh, 10, at least 10 years. Yeah. Like, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Um, and there are certain things in rewatching it last night that certainly stood out to me a little bit more. Um, I don't remember being quite as grossed out by her relationship and the sexual aspect of her relationship with her, with, with, her, the neighbor? with Elliot, with the neighbor boy. Yeah. When they actually do it. I, I remember it happening, but I don't remember being skeeved out by it. But last night I was mm. like, this dude is fucking gross. He's a creeper. And he's, yeah, he's a creeper. The Charlie Manson obsession is yeah. gross. Yeah, and he's, if not an adult, very close to it. Yeah. And she's a child. And he's a and, fucking and then drug dealer. He, and when he <laughs> says to her, like, you're a virgin, that's not cool, man. That puts so much pressure <laughs> on such me. such a dick. And all I could think is pressure. First of all, it already happened. So there's no pressure. If anything, no. she took the pressure off. And second of all fuck you you're so gross this guy is 100 percent only worried about himself yeah yeah it was gross and i 100 percent get her her reasoning behind it of i just wanted to get it over with mm-hmm. but it was still i guess that's that's the adult woman perspective of like oh honey <laughs> oh that's so sad honey so that's an interesting thought about virginity and i mean we are the movie virgins so maybe we should discuss it but I definitely had moments in high school because I held on to my V card, my real V card, until I was, and that doesn't mean I'm a not what's not your a fake one, not a backdoor virgin anymore. <laughs> like I was watching Jennifer Jennifer's Gross. body the other day, and they're in the movie when they're talking about the the band is talking about whether Jennifer's a virgin or not, and her friend goes to defend her, and she's like she is a virgin, and then she goes to tell Jennifer, Needy goes to tell Jennifer, like oh those guys thought you were a virgin and I like you know or you might not be a virgin and I stood up for you and she's like I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore which I think is really funny but when I say my real v card I mean like my vaginal virginity the vaginal um I am still a backdoor virgin and shall remain so um unless you know anybody like Brad Pitt if you hear me I'll do it for you man um really yeah I'd do it for Pitt all right (laughs) okay anyway you do you um I'm in high school, everybody's fucking because it's high school, and I'm thinking like, man, I gotta get rid of this, because I definitely had moments where I was so close. Like, I remember I was with this guy, and the condom was on, and we were like right there. We were gonna do it, and I completely backed out. Um, it's the groundhog guy, by the way. Oh, I know, right? Um, so I was just like, 
yeah, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And I don't know what was holding me back. I mean, I definitely didn't love that guy. I liked him. I lusted after him, but I didn't love him. And I think we've talked about this a lot too. You and I are a lot alike in that we overthink everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a real detriment. Well, maybe not a detriment necessarily, but a detriment in terms of, um, man, you just can't overthink that kind of stuff. Sure. you don't do anything. But I, I do, to your point, you know, we were both teenagers in the 90s into the early 2000s. And this movie came out then, but it was based in the 70s. And I feel like I actually did get a little bit of, uh, there was like a camaraderie there of, of her feeling that same way, even decades before. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. is something that all girls all probably go through. All women experience it, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I I did have a moment of, I just got to get rid of this. Like, I, I know the first time it's not going to be great. And who cares if it was some if it's with somebody that I love. So I... I remember I, it was like senior year and I, we were cutting class. I'm, I wasn't person who cut class, but there were a group of us who were doing like parents as, not parents as teachers, that would have been funny. <laughs> Students as teachers where you would go to like the middle school and elementary school and you would, you know, work with the kids there, like sitting in a classroom or whatever. And, um, there were four of us and we were like, let's cut. So we were cutting and I was hanging out with this guy and he's like, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to get rid of this virginity before I go to college. And he was like, Leah, I'll do this for you. No problem. <laughs> You're Which, I got you, girl. <laughs> Um, and I just was like, this is, no, we're not going to, no. And I didn't. And I did save my, I didn't save myself, but I didn't end up having sex But you until did until you, wait until you were comfortable I was at in least. love. Yeah. I was, I was in love with someone and I'm glad that that was my first experience. And I, I think that's what I mean by, again, coming back to this movie as an adult, being able to look at her and think, oh, sweetie, you shouldn't do that. You yeah. know, like those things that you don't think about when you're a kid. So. Do you, like, did you just unload yours? Were you like, man, I got to get rid of this. Yeah. You were just like, just do it. How old were you? Mm-hmm. I was 21. 21. 20, 20, I think. 20 or 21, yeah. Okay. But man, I knew people, like my sister for sure lost hers much younger than that. And I, you know, don't, you do you. Like everybody do their own thing. Right. I just, maybe it is the overthinking. I don't know. I think, well, I mean, <laughs> I've thought about it a lot because I overthink things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do think it was, for me, at least overthinking everything. You just can't, I can't, just can't jump in. I just can't do it. So there's a part of me that kind of admires Vivian in this. That she, she just went for it. She just did it. Even in the um, the laundry room yeah, scene. Yeah, I was going to say, where he puts when, his hands on her boobs. Exactly. When she's just like, do you want to touch him? All right, let's just do this. Let's just, let's just do it. The reason I liked that was because she was in control. I mean, when she first says, I mean, first of all, she just lifts up her sweater and shows him her bra. I have respect for that. Yeah, which I think is funny too. Like, she's like testing the waters, yeah. right? And then... She's like, okay, you can touch him. And he starts to unbuckle his belt. And she's like, no, whoa, no, 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 no. Whoa. We aren't going to have sex. Let me be clear. I'm like, yeah, girl, you're in control of this. And he he was going to do whatever she wanted anyway. Oh, yeah. um, and, and then and then it's such an awkward moment where he's got his hands on her boobs. And and the timer goes off. And she's like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We're done. But you And can, then she has that regret, too. That moment of just kind of almost panic. Stretch like, out my sweater. Yeah, you stretch out my sweater. My friend's going to be so mad at me. Yeah. I got to go. I don't know what's going Oh, my God. <laughs> But I think it was, it's experimental. Yeah. She's just trying it out. Now she's trying, I love how she keeps telling him it's a building thing. We I can't know. talk to anybody else about this. Um, and she talks a big game. Like, she makes it seem like she's not a virgin. And that would have totally been my my play if I was her. I oh, did, yeah. I, that definitely, the way she was about, I can't, I can't, her experiences with her family and like the moving, and her, I can't, that doesn't resonate with me because that wasn't my experience, but the whole thinking about sex and wondering exactly. about it that's what for sure right. so yeah so there was yes that and then again like i said it just caught it just made me laugh so much it is there are some really good lines um everybody has them everybody has great oh, yeah. lines Arkin is incredible one of my favorites is when he the little boy finds the brother finds the chicken in the oven. Oh, the dead cat, yeah. Simon. And he's like, oh, it's a cat. And he's just, he's, <laughs> Alan Ark just looks at him and he's like, put down the cat. Put, put Simon, Simon down. down. <laughs> There's just something about the way he says that that I love so much. It was really when, sad. I thought it was a possum. I was sad when I was a cat. Oh, I know. I know. When uh, uh, Jessica Walters, she, when she sees the blood on the needle mm. point, the way that she goes, blood! Like <laughs> that. My needle point. Her voice for years for I guess what has it been 20 years mm-hmm. plays over in my head anytime I think about blood I like hear her going <laughs> blood <laughs> she's fabulous Doris is amazing Jessica Walter iconic oh uh, probably she may well be my favorite character from Rest Development 
Uh, yeah. 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 She's incredible, um, Lucille. Um, but in this one, I love that Arkin is so desperate for female attention that he's willing. Doris wants to be in this relationship where I'm her companion. She wants me to be her companion. I can drive her around and I can stay over, but I can't touch her. No. It's so sad. He's so pathetic. And it leads to that oh. horrible moment. Lindsay, which I, think... I did not. So I was wondering about their relationship when he first went to pick her up, but then I was, because I wasn't even 100%. Like, is this, like, uh, who I knew it was a relative, but I wasn't sure. I was like, oh shit, that's his niece. Mm-hmm. And then that moment happens, and I was like, you didn't tell me there was incest in this movie. Ew. Well, in fairness, that's not incest. It's, I don't know, pre incest? It's incest. I think if you that's touch another your one. brother's dick, it's incest. If, you, if your brother touches your boob, it's incest. If touching happens, it's incest. Okay. There was intent. There, Well, there wasn't, but there was. There was. But there also wasn't. But I think that's why it was a beautifully done thing. And the looks on both their faces and the regret on both their faces. And then the fact that she almost takes resp- – it was, it was – she almost takes responsibility for it. And then when you see them, her and Vivian talking in the bathroom later, and Vivian is so mad at her. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment when I was watching it. When I was watching it last night, like I don't remember feeling this way when I was a kid. When I watched it last night, all I could think was how fucked up it is that she blames her. And I get it because you can't blame your dad because you love your dad exactly. But and she's kind of a hooch. And then her reaction to it, which Marissa Tomei, oh my god, I've always loved her and I still love her, and she's just so she's crushing it. And I don't know, I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff. Like I've never seen my cousin Vinny, and I know she won. I'm sorry, what? Nope, haven't seen it. Leah! Haven't seen it. But these youths! I know. <laughs> haven't seen it. Put it on the list. But, uh, but she... I can't believe you've never seen my cousin. Oh my mm. god. That was one of my mom's favorites. It's so... Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, she in this movie is... I mean, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Running down the highway just barefoot. Opening her. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was just overwhelmed by it. And then just everything. Every little thing she does. When he's talking to... Her dad on the pay at the payphone, and she's just dancing around like, "Oh, this is so great! This is gonna work! It's gonna work! It's gonna work!" And she's like, just so excited about it. And then when she kind of surreptitiously tells Vivian that she's in love, and I don't, every they're both little... Gemini's. He's an actor. I yes. was like, "Am I Rita? I'm no. not. I'm not Rita. <laughs> I like astrology as much as the next guy, but I'm not. No. I mean, maybe. Oh I'm my a... god, when he's talking to her, no, you're nothing like her. <laughs> you are nothing like her. When he's talking to her about." You know, what do you want to do with your life? Have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about it? And she's just staring mm-hmm. dumbfounded. And she's like, I never thought about it. Yeah. And she's 29 years she's old. She's so immature. She's it's the drugs. It's the drugs it. and alcohol. Oh, she's yeah. so immature. Well, it's it's got to be partially her, it's too. Fascinating it's fascinating, too, you know, the, the f- that she's the foil against the Vivian character because Vivian is very mature for her age yeah she's more mature than this woman even and yet she's being brought in mostly for the money but in part to also have like a, a feminine to be, a, to be like um, a not a mother figure but more but, role model yeah. kind of i loved the secret language because you want you know that there's a history between these characters but you really get it when they start using their secret language yeah. it's like oh yeah they go way back they've known each other because the age gap is huge yeah i mean she would have been changing years. vivian's diapers yeah, yeah. Um, so to see but that she's they so, were, like you said, she's she's immature. She's still she a child. Yes. So, you know, she was, she probably did babysit her. And while she was babysitting her, they were best friends, you yeah. know, because oh, exactly. she's kind of a child exactly. too. I absolutely, like, favorite scene, hands down, the vibrator dance. That's, That's most people's favorite, for sure. Yeah. Marissa Tomei shaking her booty to that song and then just pe- tossing it back and forth. And then, like, Natasha Leone's like, just, really getting into she's it. She's such a wonderful kid like that is one of those shining moments too mm-hmm. where she she gets the vibrator she knows what it is but she's not really familiar with it so there's that that sort of awkward discomfort and then we start to dance and like it's well fun. i can do this because it's fun and now i'm dancing and you can see it in her face that child mm-hmm. shining through even though she has a vibrator in her hand like it's just <laughs> so perfect and then, and then when she's looking at her, she goes twist the head the head the head and you know she probably doesn't even really know what <laughs> the head of this thing is and she can't figure it out and her dad's staring at her and it's just so he's a wonderful straight man painfully awkward (laughs) and wonderful yeah i i love it i love is that your favorite scene then i i don't know i definitely love when uh 
they first meet meet up again when she comes in and she walks in on her in the shower and she comes out of the shower and she's like give me a hug even though she's dripping wet and naked <laughs> and then she puts the depilatory cream on her and she's oh like, jesus the way she says it too it's for your mustache <laughs> she's like it's and the dad's jewish like, girl secret this is why you're here because i didn't yes, even know i know when the, the way he says it vivian i didn't know you had a mustache this is working then, out great. And then when her brothers come in and she says it's for her mustache and he, Ben just looks at his brother and he goes, oh my God, our sister's a hermaphrodite. <laughs> I I think that's probably my favorite moment. Yeah. I love that so much. And then later at the, at the dinner table and... Yes, about what is her what is a hermaphrodite. hermaphrodite I, scandalizes poor Doris. Yeah. I love that so much. I also really do love the period scene. I think... Her. Does she stick her hands in her crotch and then sniff them? She, yeah. I don't know if she sniffed. She looked. Like, she yeah, looked. Really, like, she looked checking and she saw her blood. mucus levels or something. <laughs> I think she felt something, so she checked. And then she gets up. And as she gets up to go to the bathroom, she does this weird, like, awkward walk so you know something's going on, you know? And isn't the that, fact isn't that, that she... the moment when Tomei tells her she's pregnant? Like, while they're under the yes, table? Yes, Because she's under the <laughs> table. Like, do you have a tampon? Of of do you have a tampon? No, I don't need it. I'm pregnant. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dropping the bomb. Well, I got to worry about my period right now. We'll come back to the pregnancy. Right, exactly. Table. I got an emergency here. Jeez, and then when peak. she goes in the bathroom, and how I'm, I'm guessing you've done this before, too, where you've gone into somebody's bathroom and you're like, I need something now. <laughs> oh, no, Lindsay, a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. I'm oh, never you're always without. 100% I'm never, prepared? I'm always 100%. I've never, there was one time in my life when I wasn't prepared, and it was the high school girls' locker room after gym, and I said, hey, who's got tampons? And I got tampons tossed at me. It was very, it was my only, like, the closest I've ever been to being, like, feeling like I'm Carrie. Yeah, but. Um, but, yeah. I've had many, <laughs> many uh, being caught off guard moments, even though I'm incredibly regular. But when are you? When because I'm never around other menstruating women. I feel like that's the thing. Well, because so sometimes at work you can find them under the cabinet or if you're at a friend's house a lot of times you can find them. Like yeah. I just changed clothes at the gym and it's a woman's gym so and there were like pads and tampons, tampons there. And yeah. it's funny because every time I see them in a public restroom or a restroom at the gym or something mm-hmm. like that, I get excited about it because I've been in the position of like not having them, having to fold up. Yeah, paper towels for a period of time Maybe or something. when I was a kid, but never as an adult have I had that problem. I'm just ill-prepared in many instances. Well, you're a Capricorn, so. I, yeah, sure. But the fact that, like, that that resonated with me. And then I love when she actually calls her in, mm-hmm. because I never would have done that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a very, an, again, kind of a childlike moment where yeah. she's so innocent that she, she doesn't, doesn't have really, a mom. And, yeah, and she's, like, really sort of a mother it. figure. But... The, uh, what's it called? Like a menstrual, menstrual belt. belt. Oh my God. I was like, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, is this even real? It's real. Is this a thing? When I learned about that would have been when I was reading, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Because uh, she has to wear the belt and like with the sanitary napkin. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It was so it bizarre. Sounded terrible. And then she like sticks it in her mouth to like get it tied <laughs> on. There's a trick to it. The whole thing was just it's so gross. weird. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just loved it. You know, I shouldn't and say And then she gives gross. her the box to take home. I, right, you can have these. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say it's gross. You know, periods are periods. Everybody gets them. It doesn't mean they're not gross. Bodily functions can be gross. <laughs> so what, so what's Everybody your, gets cold, so it doesn't mean that snot running down your face your isn't also gross. What's your least favorite bodily excretion? There's blood, there's period blood, there's snot, there's puke, there's poop, and there's pee. Do you have one that's just like the worst for you? I, so I, I am a bit of an emetophobe. So, so the vomit, vomit it, and honestly, seeing vomit doesn't necessarily bother me. I'm not the kind of person who sees it and then is gonna puke because like, it's so gross. It's more it? that no, it's just I. It's the feeling of being sick that really gets me. So mm-hmm. if I see vomit, I start thinking, "Oh fuck, it's gonna get me now." Like like if uh, if somebody's drunk and they throw up in front of me, it's not really gonna bother me. Because you know, but if there's a up. chance that somebody sick, that's nice. when I'm gonna freak Got out you. about it. Because as soon as it comes out of their body, it's aerosolized. And yeah, then you're and now and now panic, panic, panic. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I guess as far as something just being super gross, it's got to be the poops, right? Bad poops, especially. I, I know someone for them, it's snot. I don't, I mean, I certainly don't like snot. It's disgusting. <sighs> yeah. But I feel like everybody's got it. And blood doesn't bother me at all. Period think- blood is super gross because of where the implication <laughs> the where it comes from i can't, okay, like Dennis. i admit it's a hundred percent normal and natural mm-hmm. but it's still kind of gross it's clean i feel like blood is clean whether it's period blood yeah. or blood blood i think it's the mucus factor yeah it's the mucus oh, being like the in clotting? with yeah so yeah. period mm-hmm. blood is 
what is it like a tablespoon of blood total it's the line no no no, i know i'm saying the actual blood though itself Mm -hmm. is about a tablespoon or two tablespoons worth of blood at the most everything else in there is mucus and lining which is kind of gross. It's yeah. like if you blow your nose and there's blood in it, the blood part doesn't bother me, but mixed in with all the snot and <laughs> boogers or it's whatever gross. is gross. I guess if, I, if, I, if I'm thinking about what's grosser to me, it's I'm thinking about cleaning it up. And I'm going to try not to throw up while I'm saying this. I feel like cleaning up vomit is way worse than cleaning up poop. I would agree with that. Like if the dog... Well, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of poop, though. So if the dog pukes and I got to clean it up, that's bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Elliot also one time shit the bed and it was like and Elliot's a dog Elliot's Let's a dog clear about that <laughs> and it was like liquid he he was going through a colitis flare-up and yeah it was like liquid shit and he's a big dog everywhere and he's an 80 pound dog yeah and when I say the bed to be clear I mean my bed yeah not like his yeah, not his dog bed have been yeah. moved outside um and that was that was really bad the oh god smell. that was bad I remember you talking about the smell well because he did it at like three in the morning yeah so I cleaned up as best I could, but yeah, the smell was still in the bedroom, so we ended up having to sleep downstairs. That's what I would have done. Yeah, Yeah. I'd have been like, we're going to let it air out for a while. Okay. Interesting. Interesting tangents. sidebar. Yeah. Um, There, hmm. Yeah, your favorite, your favorite stuff. Yeah, so I guess what do you, so you said your favorite scene was the meeting, like when she first, Tomei's character first shows up, and I really liked um, the vibrator scene. Yeah. There, I'm going to talk about boobs again because I just, I can't stop talking about them. But there are so many tit shots in this movie. And you know what's interesting? I thought about that again watching it last night. I think if this was made today, I don't think there would be. No. I don't think that. Because I think think we're beyond that. We don't really need it. And it wasn't needed. I mean, I think they they might keep the one of her in the doctor's office. Because that's kind of important. Because later later when she shows Marissa Tomei, she says, who did that to you? Like, I like that. But... Every shot of Marissa Tomei's tits, which aren't even hers, of course, the body double. No, anyway. they weren't. They they were both body doubles. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, if you were going to do a movie, would you show your actual tits, or would you have a body double? And if you could have anybody in Hollywood be your body double, who would that be? Um. So first of all, is the audience going to be wearing glasses? Because <laughs> if not, I don't know that they'd even be able to see mine. Um. But I. I wouldn't be super opposed to it because I do think it's obviously very natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to sound like like a cheesy traditional Hollywood actress or something, but like you know, if it if it made sense for the if integrity of the, the film, <laughs> <laughs> if it moved the plot along, right. you would show your tits exactly. Um, but then you know, it, would I have a body double? I mean, honestly, any body double in Hollywood's going to look better than me anyway. So, yeah, let's, let's say that. I'm just thinking if there was, like... But I don't know that I'm familiar enough with other people's Hollywood boobs. boobs or boobs in general to know. Yeah, I'm trying It to... has to be... And it would have to be somebody smaller mm-hmm. because... It has to be a frame similar to right. yours. Yeah. Man, I just think... I'm trying to think of the boobs that I've seen. I think Anne Hathaway has some really nice boobs. Sure. But they're what I refer to as, like, mom boobs. Yeah, I don't understand your mom tits thing. It's like a like they look like mom tits. I don't know. I don't know what to that explain means. It. Like they look like they could feed a baby. Well, I mean that's what boobs are kind of for. Because I don't feel like my boobs look like they could feed a baby. I feel like my boobs just look like boobs. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I guess if you guys haven't seen. Hathaway's tits, you can see them in Brokeback Mountain, and I feel like I've seen them in another movie Why are movie you telling well. people where to find women's boobs? I don't know. It's very, like, no. <laughs> this isn't, like, one of those kind of like podcasts. Like a Mr. Skin situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess if I were going to, if I was an actress and they asked me to show my boobs, I don't think I could do it. I just don't. I feel like that's something that's... What if you were at a Steel Panther show? Could you do it there? No, I would have done it. I've been there twice. You would think, like, if I was going to do... Because we had a conversation about that after that show. Like, would you flash? I'm not a flasher. I've been to Mardi Gras. I wouldn't do it. I just think it's not for me. I'm not saying that it's gross or wrong. I just feel like it's not something that I... Even if I'm I don't feel the need to do it. Yeah, no, I don't. Like, 
I just am like, why? It, it's also there's there's a logistical issue that I feel like oh, I like I'm I wear bras. Oh yeah, so you have to like lift your bra up with your right, and I don't want to go to a show or something and not wear a bra because I it would feel weird. Yeah, even though I have small boobs, and so I could get away with it, you I guess. Could probably but probably wear still... a top that has like a built-in kind I of support. Oh, it just seems like meh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I just was thinking about that. Like, did they get to pick their boob double? Did they think to themselves, I, did they see Marissa Tomei's boobs and then like match them up or they were just like, oh, I don't think so because I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's much smaller than. Right. So they just picked a set of hooters that they thought that looks about like, yeah, about right. I thought that was interesting because they show it so many times and whenever there's a shot of tits, it's like just boom tits yeah and that <laughs> was a very that's screen. what i'm saying i don't think they would have done it now that was a very 90s thing too yeah. like okay we got to put some obligatory boobs in here and when it's done it's yeah cut off the person's face because we're not gonna we're not gonna edit <laughs> this around it's obviously a body double and i thought the family dynamic was really solid oh so good it, it, they seemed like the opening scene where they're driving through beverly hills after that she of course is her dad went Alan Arkin's fabulous. He is such a fucking loser in this movie. It makes me mm-hmm. really sad. Um, and it's he knows he's a loser, right? And the kids knows he's know he's a loser. Um, that scene it's at the airport when his brother starts saying, "I'm their father." Oh God! And then she stabs him in the leg. <sighs> so, even before, I mean, yeah. And then she stabs him in the leg. Yeah. Sure, but before that even happens, just the look on Alan Arkin's face as yeah. he's. When he says, "You know, just let me pay in front of my kids," like just don't embarrass me. They they do know. Obviously, they know. Just let yeah, me do it. Let this. me do it. Um, there, but I like I like the dynamic of the younger brother and the old. I mean, you see all each. I don't think you see Leon ever alone with the little brother. Usually, when the kids are together, it's all three of them. But you yeah. have that great scene of the two brothers together in bed, and the little ones like I, I can't, still don't know that kid's name, but I did recognize him. You know what he's from? Yeah, American Pie. Yeah, he's Stifler's little brother. Yeah. But the funny thing is. I couldn't place him. The whole movie, I'm like, I know him. What do I know him from? Yeah. And Mina Savari's in this too. Or Mina, or however you say her name. She's the chick the with the nose broken job. nose. Yeah. yeah. Or the nose job chick. But um, but that moment where he's just like, can I sleep in the bed with you? And then he gets in the bed, he's like, oh, it stinks over I here. Know. It's so perfect. It's so perfectly real. And mm-hmm. I love his meltdown too about dad, senior citizen. dad not being a senior citizen. Yeah, it it was so sweet it's heartfelt yeah. yeah like this is this is a young kid mm-hmm. you tell me that my dad's that old we know what the implication mm-hmm. is there and from the what well, you keep saying implication and i keep wanting to you keep going <laughs> the implication i'm gonna get you on a boat that's right it's we're gonna get on a boat it's, uh, it's just it's the implication <laughs> i liked from the beginning the oldest the older brother kind of being that know-it-all so-and-so lives in that house and but it was so sweet that he's just trying to lift everybody's spirits yeah, and yeah. but then he's also like this pothead whoo where did he get that bong and how does that survive all of those moves like she has to she leaves most of her stuff at the first place well i mean they, it's the most important thing to him i guess look at his belt buckle like come on obviously <laughs> so yeah he was a really interesting and i can't what is that guy's name david crumholtz he's wonderful like i love him so much other things i've seen have so, you seen the mexican no. Mm-mm. Leah! Oh. Is it Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts? Yeah, it's so good. Too? And he's and he's in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly I what know. I know him from is um, 10 Things I Hate About You. And yeah. also, is it this... He's an elf in some Santa movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Santa Claus. There it is, yeah. yeah. But I really, really he was, like his he character. He was 90s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. super 90s. Well, and then he's in like... He was in like Numbers, I guess. Yeah, which I never watched because... Yeah. CBS is, you know, I'm under the age of 75, so. I gotta tell you, I was getting strong George Costanza vibes off of him in this movie. When he's sitting around in his underwear talking about how he's gonna be in Guys and Dolls, that's all I could think about. I love that the boys are always sitting around in their underwear. (laughs) It cracks me up that they're all just like, so, like, this is this is family. Like, you just get comfortable. (laughs) This is how we're gonna be. I like how he tried to, he, um, what was it, they were, he was eating tricks. When Elliot, the neighbor, shows up and he tries to trade him tricks for some weed yeah. samples? Yeah. What the fuck was that? The um, the fact that he... The way that they cut those scenes together, too, where he just... After the, the scene where they're getting high and then right before they kind of, you know, drop her off at nursing school mm-hmm. and you just see David Krumholtz in his underwear singing, singing Luck Be a Lady. And it's so <laughs> weird and like it doesn't need to be there, but does because it's one of the it's, best moments of the yeah. entire thing. So I was already thinking about Costanza and Seinfeld because of the whole Tomei Costanza thing. Tomei. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
from him trying to give trade tricks cereal for pot to then singing luck be a lady in his underwear Mm -hmm. i'm like george costanza this is costanza as a child or as a teenager god what a fucking loser but but fun to watch and i let i'm so happy that he got the part oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i liked how arkin's character was also always saying like we're staying here for the schools. They've got really schools. He's so, like, wants them to have a good education. Mm-hmm. He cares so much about it. It's, shy. it's interesting to me because he's this loser. What happened to the business on the East Coast? Why are they in California? It doesn't make it Because they all have these East you Coast accents. Yeah, and there's this backstory that, I mean, th- apparently their mom still has the house. Mm-hmm. And yet the kids are with him. Just So what happened? I know. I'm dying to know. And I got to tell you, the scene where, so he's telling them the story about, um, the restaurant and the the and the steak thief, the fucking so good. steak tied to his underwear. But when he stabbed that guy in the leg first, you, you open on the scene in a restaurant on the East Coast, and he's talking to this guy, and the guy's sweating, and he's kind of he he knows what's up, he knows what's happening, mm-hmm. and he stabs him. And all it reminded me of some of the mafia movies that I've seen. Yeah, and I figured like that might have been something that you really enjoyed. Yeah, that whole oh, I do bit love it. where he stabs him in the <laughs> leg, too. and Absolutely. then it turns into a whole thing. But yeah, I'm the father. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very kind of a. I'm the father. I'm the father. I'm I'm their father. It's yeah. a very kind of really masculine thing. Something that would really kind of just tear somebody down. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess speaking of also the uh, the kind of archetypes, the the you know masculine role. I, I do love the way this movie opens, that he brings his daughter to a store to get fitted for a mm-hmm. bra, and he's just like, well, she needs one, right? Just do it. And mm-hmm. the fact that the woman is like, well, she's a little past a training bra <laughs> stage. So clearly we've been putting this off for a while, too. And he doesn't he doesn't know what to do, but he's not afraid to do what he needs to do. Right. And then later in the, they're in the restaurant, and he's like, why aren't you wearing your bra? you got to wear this bra. Like he's, the he's stepping up. He's doing his best to be a good dad, even though he doesn't understand, mm-hmm. really. Um, he's just, yeah. He's trying. Other than, other than that moment, which I do, he's obviously a flawed character, and we don't know what happened in the past. Um, but there are moments in there where, you know, like when, uh, when his girlfriend says, like, look at you, you're a full-grown man taking money from your brother, and just the look <laughs> on his face then. And, of course, the, the moment with Marissa Tomei, which is disgusting, but I also feel like it's very human, that he mm-hmm. really is just looking for human touch. Yeah. He really just needs something. He's lonely. Yeah, he's so lonely. Um, and then, of course, the, the scene in the airport with his brother just humiliating mm-hmm. him. I Yeah, I, I, I just love Alan Arkin. I just think he's so great in this. Isn't he the, he's the dad in Little Miss Sunshine, right? Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. really great in that movie, too. Yeah. I mean, Steve Carell wins that movie. We talked about that the other day. Yeah. Because um, I think that was the first time that I saw Steve Carell outside of the office, too. And was like, oh. He was oh, incredible. Shit. Yeah, well, he's great. And Paul Dano, too. I was like, yeah. fucking Oh, my man. God. That scene where they're talking about uh, colorblindness. And yeah. You, you're, well, you can't be a pilot and then. then he and he just freaks, freaks out. And they pull over and he screams. So good. The, va- <sighs> the whole thing. That movie's fabulous. It's it's crushing, actually, if you think about it. Tony oh, Collette. Yeah. Paul Dano, Steve Carell, he's made some real stinkers in previous... The in grandfather. He's sorry, he was the grandfather. He was the Alan grandfather, Arkin. yeah. Alan I was Arkin just thinking was... about what ends up happening to mm-hmm. him, too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. my gosh. But that, that movie is stacked. Yeah. So, so, so Natasha Lyonne. Mm-hmm. I had never seen this movie. I did see But I'm a Cheerleader, and I loved it. Yeah, which was, like, maybe a year or so later, I think. Yeah, yeah. and I obviously saw her in American Pie. She's my favorite character from American Pie. Oh, she, yeah. Because I felt like that's the character I resonated the most with. The mm-hmm. the friend who's giving everybody unsolicited advice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can never get over her hair. It's so amazing. In this movie, it is unreal. It's so great. I want her hair so bad, and I just don't. I, you could do that. Like your no, hair is crazy curly. No, my hair is not nearly. Like if I grew it, it that long, long, if I grew it that long, there's no way I could get it that curly. She's got the volume. God, I can't. It's Man. unbelievable. But I had a friend in high school who looks like her. Like I mean, she's still around. She looked like her in high school. That yeah. same kind of huge eyes and kind of porcelain skin and hair and um so when i'm watching this movie i'm like oh my god it's so great although i do love i do love again that the breakfast scene 
at the airport when she starts like coughing to mm-hmm. <laughs> because first of all who doesn't know how to take a pulse <laughs> but anyway just slapping the wrist works. when she just, just starts that wrist. coughing and her uncle's like it's probably a hairball from all that hair in her face <laughs> but yeah but her hair she had that same hair i think in like but i'm a cheerleader in american pie but you yeah. know more recently she's was in um orange is the new black and then yeah. russian Which, doll. i still haven't seen russian doll i need she, to see that her hair in russian doll there is a curly hair revolution happening right now everybody's got yeah I- i've got it i know those bangs the bangs yeah. she i think it was her oh, in large part due to that because her hair game in that show is very strong so the other thing i was thinking about her in this movie was is this performance was it super subtle because there's a lot of moments where she's just kind of got this big doe-eyed look on her face and she's kind of like figuring things out i don't think she's a subtle actress though i think that's just the character because I would say she always gives just the right amount. Because I've seen her in roles where she's kind of... Like, there are some moments in Russian Doll where she has some freakouts. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, there aren't a lot of freakouts. She's very kind of, like, even mature too. and even. Um, but I feel like in Orange is the New Black, there were a couple of freakouts. Um, and she's weird in yes. Orange is the New Black. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's a quirky character, which just, in this one, she's... It's not that she doesn't have any quirks, but yeah, she's a much mm-hmm. more kind of steady, normal, so to speak, teenager who's just dealing with shit. And her voice. So in in Russian Doll, she says, cockroach. And people just fucking ate that shit up. Yeah. Her voice is so East Coast, like New York. It just, it, there's something, she also, she's very particular. There's something about her you can't put your finger on, but it's charismatic and the look and the voice. I'll never forget it. <laughs> In Blade Trinity, oh, they Jesus. had to they had to call in somebody. She had like a, a voiceover actress do the scream because she couldn't scream because she has been smoking for oh, so yeah. She's long. She's got that smoker's she voice. She physically could not scream. That's right. That cracked me up. But even in this movie, she's still like you could see how years of smoking would really do that to her too. Because even when she was a kid, she still had kind of a deeper mm-hmm. voice too. So I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of that kind of accent as well, but. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I, I hope that she never stops doing what she's. I feel like we're about the same age. She yeah. might be a couple years I think older she's, than me. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I for sure to see a curly headed girl in those kinds of movies because in the nineties nobody and so when, this movie takes place in the seventies. It was interesting before the movie even started. I was thinking about the mid to late nineties when I was in high school and the fashion that was in. Mm-hmm. So what she wears in this movie, the mini skirt. Yeah. Uh, the clogs. Yeah. Oh, I fucking wore that Well, remember, shit. too, a, a lot of it, like, Dazed and Confused was mm-hmm. in the 90s. I mean, there was a lot of throwback People stuff, too. People wearing so. bell bottoms. I know yeah. I had bell bottoms. Not the huge bells, but, like, a little flare. But I had bell bottoms, nice for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but for sure, the clogs. I had lots of clogs. Yeah. Um, or, like, really high sandals and, uh, and yeah, mini skirts. Cute little, I had a little corduroy mini skirt that unzipped all the way down. I just loved it so much. <laughs> um, I might still have it somewhere. But... But yeah, the fashion I thought was really great. Um, but her look, the hair, that's something that nobody nobody had that. And nobody was doing that in the 90s. I feel like in the 90s, everybody wanted like straight. There was a lot of flat hair. ironing going on. Yes, yes. But there was also like uh, with the Rachel craze, like oh, there was also a lot yes. of shaggy looks. Yeah, so. that's true. So, so yeah, I loved her in this. And Marissa Tomei. I actually Marissa went Tomei. back and watched the scene of her and george in seinfeld so george oh yeah (laughs) he leaves susan because he's engaged to susan at the time and he's going to meet marissa tomei and he tells he tells susan that he's going to meet elaine and he makes up some crazy story about elaine's having trouble with her boyfriend art vandalay he's Mm -hmm. an importer exporter i mean he just used the vandalay he's always talking about Art vandalay but she's like are you having an affair with elaine he goes oh no don't be silly if i was having an affair with elaine i would tell you i was going to meet somebody else and then he meets marissa tomei and she's just like you're just so quirky and fun and cute how are you not taken and he goes well marissa that's an interesting question (laughs) because i'm actually engaged and then she hits him (laughs) oh um um love act no what, what what's the movie with steve carell oh my god and ryan gosling crazy stupid love crazy stupid love yes she's in that yes she's the woman that he sleeps with and eventually ends up dating but remember he like he takes her home and she is just she's like kind of a freak she's like he's 
I, I just remember her being like, oh, God, yes. <laughs> Even though she's a recent divorcee as well. And she had uh-huh. mentioned that, that she's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of uncomfortable. And then they're in the room and just she kind of like freaks out a little bit. And then she ends up being his kid's teacher. And he like never it's called her back. He never called movie. her back. And then she sees him at parent teacher conferences <laughs> and just goes off on him. Yeah, she's great. In that. I think she's always great. I the the one scene too that I really like that I didn't mention when she ODs. Oh God! There is so much happening in that scene, and all of it is amazing. Yeah, you know, from the kid running out and just being like, "I don't know what's wrong with her," and then <laughs> Jessica Walton in the background going. The girl, the girl, <laughs> and then she eventually something. says, and "I'm they, too old for this shit." Or yes. something like that. And they pick her up because they're going to be taking her into like the other room, into the bedroom, and they're just going to make her coffee, and she'll be fine. And as they're carrying her, the firemen knock the door down, and and as soon as they do that, the little brother just—he's so freaked out and scared, and he just runs off and hides under the table. The whole thing is, and then the. Of course, the uncle calls at that exact time. Yes. And, and everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I mean, I will say, I think I think the biggest thing about watching it again last night, like I said, there were a couple of things that I certainly noticed um, that struck me differently. But I also just, it felt like it moved so much faster. And I think it's because I knew all of the, like good, funny, great parts that we were about to get to. So you're to, waiting for them. And, and it just felt like it all flew by. It did go pretty fast. And it's, it felt kind of like a little slice of life, right? It's the moment when they're, because they get into that nice apartment and, and um, Mickey is paying for it. That's kind of this little piece of their life that we're seeing where they have this kind of moment where, hey, they're middle class. <laughs> they live in the fancy apartment. Look at the oh, They're bourgeois. The, this, the shag carpet. They've got a pool. There's Formica countertops. I know. Look at this Formica. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was super cute. But that kind of, it's this moment in time. And, and it's also, I, I do think this is her coming of age story, too, right? She loses oh, yeah. her virginity. She has her first orgasm. That orgasm scene, that vibrator scene, it's really interesting because it's, it's kind of how it would happen, right? You know the vibrator exists. You go to get some toilet paper. You realize it's in there. You're like, huh, I'm thinking mm, about this. Let we'll me just... See. You're laying on the bathroom floor. Man. Ugh. She shares a room with her cousin. Like, she's going to... Fair. Where's Although, she, I don't think go? that Rita would have minded if she, you know, well, jerked it in the bed I'm pretty next sure Rita was sleeping naked next to her, too. <laughs> right. Um, and then it just happens. And I, I liked that they had just the close-up of her face. I thought that that was really a great shot. Yeah. Um, very well acted. I read that she was in a car accident and had, like, the imprint of a steering wheel on her chest, which is why they had her nightgown all the way up to her neck. I really like that nightgown, though. I thought that was really cute, like a little baby doll nightgown. All of her clothes were wonderful. Yeah. She, it's a fucking Charles Manson t-shirt. I I want that t-shirt now. No. (laughs) First of all, I love the fact that her clothes are all borrowed from other people. Mm -hmm. That every time she's like, no, this is Mm so-and-so's. Yeah. Um, But the, uh, the fucking Charles Manson t-shirt. The fact that he had one, just an extra one, just in his car. That's all he wears the entire I know, movie. I know. He has so many of them, and it's just, it's such a fucking poser move. Like, it is. Oh, he's yeah, gross. Well, and he's, when they're, they're, when they're over at um, Danny's apartment or whatever, and he's talking about, like, that's right down the street. Polanski's and... house, Sharon Tate's house, and he's talking about, like, what, and I was, I was having flashbacks to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and then I was just like, oh, this is great. It's so gross. I'm glad she walked away from him, because he was being disgusting. His love of Manson. What, like, when they're in the, uh, he kept referring to Spawn Ranch. I'm like, here we fucking go. Because yeah. he says something about it in the elevator, too, when he sees that there are cameras on them. Uh, has, yeah. When yeah. he starts talking about the feds, like, dude, the fucking feds aren't watching your fucking elevator. I just. He's just such a loser. Like, yeah. when, they, when they first get to the apartment, he immediately, he, he's upstairs at the balcony, and then he comes downstairs, and he's like, hey, I'm your neighbor. I'm in four. And then she gets the apartment, he's popping out to talk mm-hmm. to her. And I'm like, why are you bothering this Because freshman? she's got boobs. Ugh, it's and gross. the fact that Alan Arkin sees it right away, I love mm-hmm. that. I love. But then he just he walks, just walks in and walks he's out. like, "Well, yeah." He just walks in and he's like, "Who's this?" Yeah, who's this? The, he walks out though because like, whatever. What's he gonna do? He knows his daughter's smart. Like she can handle herself. It's fine. What At least is, that's what I assume he's thinking. Like, what is it? He, he's because he Arkin walks in and he's talking, and the the, the kid says, "I'm Jewish." <laughs> and yeah, he just kind of walks out. Oh, the Charlie Manson t-shirt, though. Gross, gross. So gross. Uh, yeah, I guess he's I, so great, though. He is great, the, the actor. I'm I was just saying, like, he's... W- 
so he was cousin Sean in The Departed. Yep. I, for a second, I was like, is he Brett from Pulp Fiction? But that's a different guy. No, he was on a TV show for a while, though. Um, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a dysfunctional family, and he was the idiot brother. He and was in Superbad. He's was the, he? He's the guy who hits, hits Jonah Hill's character with with a car, and then ends up taking him to that party where Jonah Hill's, <laughs> again, period blood. Jonah has a yeah. dance with that girl. That, so gross. Whoever that girl is, I've seen her in so many things and used to refer to her as the hardest working actress in Hollywood because anytime there was a movie, she was in Just it. one of those character yeah, actors. Yeah. But the period blood scene in, <laughs> in Superbad is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of great movies. I like, too, when she talks about... So that moment at the end... I guess I... You really like the scene at breakfast where... Mickey is belittling Murray. I mean, I, I don't like well, it. Like you it, enjoyed I it, right? It, but yeah. I like the scene, scene where Vivian confronts Rita in the bathroom. Yeah. And they have their kind of showdown and they're talking a little bit in their own language and they're kind of, she's talking, it's where she kind of comes to realize like, she's okay with her boobs. They're her mom's boobs. And she's got oh. her dad's nose and she's kind of just kind of talking about, it's acceptance, right? She's accepting who she is. And she, in a, in a big way, is accepting who her family is. She's accepting yeah. Rita for who she is and her dad. I love And it. not just her whole family, but the fact that she even acknowledges her mom, mm-hmm. who is absent and very clearly, whatever may or may not have whatever happened. happened, she obviously doesn't really want these kids because she could have gotten them really damn easily if, you know, mm-hmm. they're transients out on the west coast and she has the house on the east coast and that alan arkin was even his character was even considering going to be with doris and like giving up the kids is really awful he what i don't think he really was considering it though i mean he he said i don't know who i am without them yeah so i I think he was he's so lonely he can't help but think Mm -hmm. about what it might be like but i don't think he was ever really gonna do it so what is it that tomei says and she says it in the language she says you're so hungry that you do something that you regret? I don't, I can't remember the exact language or the exact words yeah, that she some, used, but. Yeah. Um, Something to that effect. Yeah. It was, I think I would watch it again. I don't know, I don't know that it resonated with me as much at this age as yeah. it would have when I was, you know, in 1998, I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Like I said, I watched it and there were other things that I saw that I didn't see, but I of course can harken back to those first times that I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. I I think it's a well done film. It didn't look like it won any huge awards, but Mm-mm. I think is it Tamara Jenkins was the director and the mm-hmm. writer, and she's made a couple other things. But I think I don't know. I was trying to think who who's the best part of this movie, and I, honestly, I give it to Tomei. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably would, but man, I feel like everybody's great. I this is this is the epitome of David Crumholtz for me too. <laughs> I, I just can't get over how much I love him in this. He is. I, I do think I like him better in, in this than in anything else that I've seen. And the only other big thing I could think of aside from the Santa Claus movie was this 10 Things I Hate About You. And he's just kind of there yeah. in that movie. But I feel like every scene he's in in this, he steals it. Oh, yeah. So, he's fabulous. Yeah. He's fabulous. But, the, but it is. You're right. I mean, and mm-hmm. the thing about Marissa Tomei in this movie, too, is there's a lot of complexity to her character. Mm-hmm. Um, that, of course, you know, yeah, David Crumholtz steals the scene every time, but his character isn't really delved too much into, whereas mm-hmm. she, she's struggling with addiction. She, she, what did she say? I'm ready to domesticate. <laughs> um, you know, she's in love, but she also is obviously a passionate kind of person who, mm-hmm. and you know it's not going to go well, and she's planning this life, but you know that life no, isn't going to go happen, well. because who the fuck, where the fuck did Danny go, and why are his headshots all over the ground? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, there's a, there's a lot to her. Yeah. She's someone who, she's not a very, she doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities, I guess, but you still have empathy for her. You do. And especially in that bathroom scene that you were talking Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, once she, and really the scene with her uncle too, when she's comforting him and she's doing the best that she can and Mm -hmm. she wants to be a friend to him as well. And he does this thing he touches her in a really inappropriate way and her reaction isn't to get mad at him or belittle him her reaction is just to say you know it's yeah it's it's not a big deal don't worry about it which is the same kind of thing she said because that's her family Mm -hmm. and I think that's it's a sad reaction because I do wonder if there's an element of not not loving yourself quite enough to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. but I think overall more than anything it's 
it's a loving forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that, yeah, she's kind of an idiot. She's definitely a bit of a dingbat. She's wasted a lot of her life. She's kind of a hopeless cause. But she's also a sweet, she has a good loving heart. person yeah. who, yeah, wants the best Cares for everyone her in her life. Yeah, that's That's interesting. She is... I feel like her character and Arkin's character are both very interesting. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the black sheep of the family, right? Yeah. I think that's why they bonded. Yeah. And I cannot get over the fact that he is 65 and responsible for three children and is waking them up in the middle of the night to leave an apartment to find another one. And he keeps... Because he, they don't have the rent. He reminds yeah. me of someone we know, and I'm not going to say his name, but it's just... <laughs> oh, who? but how am I supposed to know? <laughs> where he's just like that place is a shithole we're get, we're moving on up we're going we're getting something better like even after they leave the really nice like this place is a shithole like everywhere is a shithole because we got to be talking about the next best thing mm-hmm. i think part of that too though is justifying it to his kids yes like, yes he, he, but he's he knows justifying it to himself too. a little bit yeah but i mean I, it really is like we got to get out of here because we can't afford it so i'm gonna make it seem but as though we're see, moving up they see through the ruse well, yeah, but I think that's something that you have to deal with as a parent, too, is even though your kids grow up and you know they're growing up, mm-hmm. you still see them as your kids and mm-hmm. you think they're still going to believe. And they they do play along. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that breakfast, they're playing along. Yeah. Like his son is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to college and I'm going to study business <laughs> just like you. And I, but that's because they know that Mickey's giving him money, right? Like that's, But they're still, that's the point, is they still have their dad's back and they're still playing along with all of that. True. I don't think they're doing it because they're greedy and want his money. I think they're doing it because mm-hmm. this is what their dad said they need to do. Yeah. That final scene, too, when they're driving in the car again looking for and she's like, let's go to Sizzler, fucking Sizzler. But yeah, I don't let's know that I've ever been to a Sizzler. I'm, I think I've been to like Western Sizzlin, which is it's not like a Sizzler. thing. Was it like a knockoff Sizzler? It's like, it's like Ponderosa, sort of. I mean, I've been to Ponderosa. Are they even still around? Ponderosa is still around. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then like Ryan's, those places are kind of the same. I don't know. Golden what Ryan's Corral, is. all the same. I've never been to Golden Corral. Ponder. You know what? Right. I never thought about it, but the <laughs> Golden yeah. Corral, Ponderosa—they're all these kind of like Western sounding. Yeah, because they have steak. I never put that it's like together before. Cowboys and cows. To and me, shit. it was they were always just like buffets where you could get like spaghetti and I don't know a salad and I don't <laughs> know nachos, just whatever you wanted to eat. Those places I can't go to them anymore. We used to go for breakfast. We would go to Shoney's. Do you remember Shoney's? Yes, Shoney's is awesome with the little bear mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. Shoney's is awesome. Yeah, we I don't do. think they're around anymore. They're in the south. I'm Are they? Because sure. mm-hmm. I definitely went to some. When... South has everything. They do. I know. They they even have Belk. Belk is a department store. Oh, okay. It sounded like you just kind of belched. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Belk. It's a stupid name. It feels like things leave the Midwest and go elsewhere. Like for the longest time, we didn't have Dunkin' Donuts. We had Dunkin' Donuts when I was a kid, and then they disappeared, and I back. thought they were gone. And it's, it turns out they were really all on the East Coast. And I remember our road trip up the East Coast. I was like stopping at every Dunkin' Donuts along the way, including some really shitty ones right <laughs> off the highway in certain places that were just. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I had to have it. And now they're back and I don't even give a shit because they're not that great. But at the time. Because we've got um, Krispy Kreme is back here now, too. And now we also have Tim. There's no Tim Hortons here, but there's Tim Hortons in the city. Oh, I've never been. Yeah, Yeah, I've never been been to a Tim Hortons, but I heard it's okay. Yeah. Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts. Eh. I mean, it's about the coffee for me. Like when I was a kid, obviously, it was about the donuts. And for the longest time, and I think it was because they left, it was Dunkin' or nothing. Because I remember after Dunkin' Donuts took off, like left town mm-hmm. it was we were stuck with Krispy Kreme and like I love what Krispy the fuck Kreme. am I supposed to do with Krispy these Kreme's things my I want my Dunkin Donuts bag it was terrible oh, I love I love me some Krispy Kreme the, they don't have donut I'd like I you gotta go first of all it's Long John's like it's it's you gotta have the Long fresh. John's that's the thing if you go to Dunkin in the morning you're getting fresh donuts but if you go in the evening at least to this one they are not fresh well yeah I mean it's right fast so still. like a Krispy Kreme you can always get fresh hot greasy glazed donuts I guess I don't really need them to be greasy and they have different flavors but yeah they don't do donut holes yeah they I don't, don't do know. donut holes I don't think they don't have long johns either do they they do they do fill some filled donuts and things I don't like, want anything get, in it no fill like, you no can filling. get an assortment absolutely no filling so That's you prefer disgusting. like you like long johns yeah but not with any filling. That's gross I don't want shit spilling out all I over my mouth I like I just the old-fashioned sour cream donut that's 
That's ugh. what I'm here for. I mean, and a glaze. I say ugh as though I wouldn't need it. Of course I would. It's still good. But the Schnooks Bakery here has like one that's called Tiger Tail, and it's like chocolate glaze and regular yeah, yeah. glaze. I love that, yeah, and I will eat the shit out of a blueberry fritter. Yeah, bring it, bring it. You know how I feel about blueberry things. Well, there's apple too, but I prefer. No, the no, I love the flavor of blueberry. I just don't want any blueberries. So it's hard to pick them out of a fritter. You can pick blueberries out of a blueberry muffin really You're easily. You're breaking my heart. I don't know what the, like, I love a blueberry muffin. You just I gotta have, get rid of the boogers that I are have a it. recipe for blueberry muffins that I've only made a couple of times, and they're from scratch, and they're, it's incredible. And I will make it, and you will love it, and you'll fucking eat the fucking blueberries. I mean, I won't, because they're boogers, but I will eat the muffin and probably love it. Hmm. Because you gotta have the blueberry flavoring in there. Bark. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've had a blueberry muffin. Yeah. But... In terms of Dunkin' coffee, it's crap. And I just feel like I need to say that. Yeah. I don't know. It's very disappointing. I, I'm here for, like, locally called these. Starbucks will do oh, in a pinch. Goodness. I do Starbucks a lot because it's there. And I do like Starbucks. But, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not the end-all be-all. I'll drink, like, the Dunkin' coffee, like, with, like, a flavor shot and some, like, cream and yeah. sugar. It's all it's right. Just, it's too light for me. Yeah. It is even really their, light. There's not a ton of flavor. Yeah. Yes. Even their dark yeah. roast. It's just, like... It's, Water that smacks of coffee. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. But that's why I like, I'm not saying that Starbucks is the best coffee, but man, if, if you get it deep and dark and it's so bitter, and that's how I like my coffee. Mm-hmm. Really bitter. Like, like my soul, deep and dark and bitter. <sighs> All right, anything else about the slums of, or slums of Beverly Hills, not the slums. <laughs> slums of Beverly Hills. Slums of Beverly Hills. No, I, I, uh. I was really hoping you would like it. I do, yes. Like, yeah, when I when I heard you hadn't seen it, I did recognize the fact that when you said you hadn't seen it, that, man, it's not going to resonate the same way mm-hmm. as it would have had you seen it in the 90s like I did. Um, but I was really excited to watch it, to have you watch it, because I honestly thought that, that you would enjoy it and have fun with it. So I hope you did. I was pleasantly surprised by the number of tits that I, I saw. I mean, I'm glad you got the that, The amount of tits. If that was a thing um, for you. David Krumholtz. For the win, Alan yeah. Arkin, I love you. Sky Masterson is mine! <laughs> yes. Guys, yeah. Dolph. Brando played that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, you know, if... Talking about it, it's... I think it's a really important kind of coming-of-age family movie. Like, mm-hmm. important as in, like... I think it's great, too, that it's... And I think that's one of the reasons it stuck with me, is it's a coming-of-age movie for young women, but it doesn't take itself very seriously. Yeah. Like, it, it has a lot of stuff in it that is very real and painful and resonates, but it's, but it, it's funny. It's mm-hmm. lighthearted. It's entertaining. It's, yeah, it's entertaining. It's not, you know, we talked about Little Women, and Little Women, of course, has a lot of coming-of-age aspects because it's these girls growing up. But, man, that's a... It's like makes It's you a cry. little bit more heavy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like for girls especially, there's so much stuff out there that... The coming-of-age for boys stuff, a lot of it is good-natured, fun, like boys will be boys kind of stuff and for girls a lot of times it's just a lot of like tears and I don't know what my head to my body and <laughs> sex is so scary mm-hmm. and like there's not a lot of just good humorous stuff yeah um, and that's yeah this movie didn't make me cry and there were de- I was really surprised by the incest Call it what you will. I'm going to call it incest. <laughs> the, the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. You know, they you sort of see it coming because he's so lonely and she's so kind of out there with her boobs. Um, but I don't blame her. It was no. just, it was a bad, I 100% put the blame on him. Um, and the way that they kind of showed it and the way that they kind of dealt with the aftermath between Vivian and Rita, I thought was really nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, any other way, it could have been just tasteless and gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with her losing her virginity to that guy, it's interesting that they, that in the way that it happens, right, the cops are showing up, she's like, kiss me, it's like a ruse for the cops, but then in the end, they end up having sex. But you know that they're going to end up, from the beginning of the movie, you know that's you know what's fuck. leading to, right? Right. Um, and then they do, and his reaction to it is the best part, you know? And I think it's, a big part of it is that she is such a mature person. Like, she's dealing with all this stuff, but she's dealing with it in a very... I feel like mature way mm-hmm. um and he is just completely immature and Rita's completely immature yeah. and in a lot of ways her brother Ben is completely and her dad is completely immature yeah. and oh yeah her brother's spending all of their food <laughs> so money hot. um her younger brother's mature enough to like you know call an ambulance right yeah when his cousin so is yeah no so game. she's the one who's got her shit together and she's surrounded by these freaking idiots which and- she even says in that scene she says something about uh like I got stuff to do or you know I 
I have a life I need to do things with. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think it was a good pick and uh, I would recommend it for the nostalgia of maybe the 90s, Latasha Leone and mm-hmm. um, that a coming of age movie for a young woman, I yeah. think. And I think it would work great too for young women now because mm-hmm. it was based in the 70s, you know, you don't have that same kind of aging that you get with something that was actually, that occurred in, like, Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, you know, yeah. If an 18-year-old watched Can't Hardly Wait now, they'd probably be like, yeah, okay, it's a 90s movie. I guess it was all right, whatever. I, <laughs> but I think you can watch this, and because it was based in the 70s, you could pull from that and not have it be quite as uh, dated. I do wonder, I mean, so we came of age in the 90s. How much different it is for people now with social media and the internet. Yeah. It's, re- like, I think yeah. people, People probably grow up a lot faster now, and I am waging. I'm willing to bet that you grew up faster than I did because you were in a bigger school and a bigger city. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think there is an element of, and not to get kind of too philosophical about it, but I think that there is actually a level of immaturity that social media breeds. I think being able to experience life through a computer or a television instead of like actually interacting you from with actually people. experiencing yeah. life so i do think that while it may seem at first like kids today are growing up way too fast and to an extent they are because they're exposed to so much mm-hmm. i think it is actually stunting them many yeah. of them i think it's actually stunting them emotionally in particular mm-hmm. so it's, that uh, would be an interesting thing to to talk about in another time but i I do wonder about the difference and what it would be like today growing up and i feel like it might be harder I mean, it'd be different. I don't know if it would be harder. Think about all those times that we had as kids, though, where we just, like, sat there and used so much brain power to try to think of who was in that movie. Like, who was, what was that person's name? <laughs> or or doing research papers and having to actually go to, like, a fucking library Look or something. Look at an encyclopedia. Yeah. Think how much easier it is to handle I those actually things actually use now. the Dewey Decimal System. Now or to, can... like, contact somebody. Just to get a hold of somebody. It, yeah, you might have gone yeah. days and days without talking to people because you didn't have a way of actually getting a hold of them. Or you yeah. might call their house and the phone line would be busy because, mm-hmm. like, their mom's on the phone, so you mm-hmm. don't even get to talk to them. Yeah. Things are way different now. Yeah. Everybody's way more connected. But not so connected. Yeah. It's very odd. It's yeah, a very strange time. All right. Anything else? No. I'm, I'm just glad you liked it. All right. Cool. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. The Movie Virgins. Hey people, this is Leah. After all of that talk of sex and tits, I feel like we are this close to sending y'all some nudes. And please let me be clear here, that is not an invitation for any one of you to send us nudes or dick pics. You know, we're just, we're not here for that. Uh, Not interested, don't want to see it. Um, So anyway, thank you for listening. We love you as always, uh, wherever you are listening, whatever platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podchaser, CastBox, and all the other fun platforms out there. We would love it if you would subscribe. Also, rate us, and if you are so inclined, leave us a review, write us a nice review, or not a nice review. We want to hear from you, whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. We would love to engage with you there. We are at Movie Virgins Pod on Twitter. Um, and uh, hot tip: next episode, next week's release will be on This Is Spinal Tap, a wonderful movie from the '80s, a mockumentary about the band Spinal Tap, or is it a mockumentary? Because they're guys, they're a real band. So we're pretty excited about that episode. Um, So we'll hope that you tune in then. Until then, please enjoy your time listening to podcasts and living your lives and uh, checking out boobies and having the sex and doing all the fun stuff that human beings do. Um, And yeah, thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers.